1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. You know, every Saturday we rendezvous here at the Odyssey Good Life studio. And then I get the privilege and honor of speaking with uh, cutting-edge food producers, writers, creative uh, blending of products and uh, product news, uh, kitchen equipment, cookbook authors, winemakers, you name it. That's what we do. It's what I call a good life. Uh, You don't have to. If you don't like to eat and drink, maybe you should listen to sports news here at KNSS. But today, uh, a... a, uh, a repeat performer several times uh, is Matt Moore. Uh, to to dis- to decide everything that he does and explain it, I'll just put it in short terms. He's a husband, father, writer, cook, entrepreneur, par de excellent, a pilot, and uh, he's got some great books under his belt, and he happens to be a Southern gentleman. Uh, Matt, welcome to the program once again.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me back, Guy.
0: Well, you know, you and I have a lot in common. We married well. We got pretty wives. We both love airplanes. Sure. And we like to eat, and you do more than I do. I do look at books and cook from them, and you put some together. I'm going to stretch your memory.
2: Well, you got me beat. Ah. Yeah, you got me beat on the on the flying front. I, I'm more in a lawnmower. Um, but, uh, yeah, the cookbook front is uh something really, really a a fun journey that I've been on and uh, excited that uh, just in a few days, book number five will will find its way out in the world.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk about that, but let's go back see if you can remember. I I, I don't, but I thought maybe I had you on with your first book. Uh, What was that? Have Her Over for Dinner? Was that that your first book? I think
2: we started... We started with barbecue, I believe, um, as all good things happen in in your market. But uh, I did have her for dinner in 2008 and then followed that with uh, a Southern Gentleman's Kitchen. And I think we started chatting around the time of the release of South's Best Butts, which was uh, not a calendar, it's a cookbook.
1: Um,
2: (laughs) And then of course, in the midst of the pandemic, I released uh, my homage to Live Fire Grilling, which was cereal grillers. Uh, we have covered some, some time and space together. Oh man. And you
0: just do such a South best butts is the one that has the, uh, corn and cheese recipe that I've bugged you about and used so many times. <laughs> oh God. It does from a uh, bee daddy's in yeah. San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Fantastic recipe. Yeah. Oh Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, and you can just, you can make that dinner. You could chop up hot dogs or <laughs> ham or, well, or nothing and just get a spoon and call it dinner. Um, but let's talk about the new book. Uh, I, I, I'm interested. I think it's a whole different approach to this program of uh, cookbooks that you've put together. And your books have always been different. You know, when we talk about South's best butts, you, you traveled and you and it was so fun to talk about Kansas City barbecue and Georgia barbecue and and, and Mississippi and Louisiana and Florida and and all. And you talked to so many people that are experts or uh, aficionados of that style of barbecue. And then Butcher Block comes out, and it's called Butcher on the Block, Everyday Recipes, Stories, and Inspirations from Your Local Butcher and Beyond. Man, it's a good thing you got an airplane. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, per usual, um, this was an
2: opportunity to travel from, from Chinatown in San Francisco to the south of France, um, but my last two books really did hone in on on the art of barbecue. Um, the South's Best Butts primarily focused on the pork shoulder, and and all the goodness that comes from just using that as a mechanism to go out and speak to pitmasters. So everything really in the South's Best Butts was was the goodness that happens low and slow. Um, my follow up book, which came out in 2020, Serial Griller, that was really celebrating the art of live fire. You know what happens hot and fast with the Maillard reaction. And so having traveled and, and focused the last two efforts on technique, barbecue and grilling, um, you know, it, it kind of gave me an opportunity to go back to the very beginning to my grandfather, who was a butcher in Valdosta, Georgia, to my great-great-grandfather that came over uh, from from Beirut and settled in South Georgia. Um, my, my grandfather being a World War II veteran and, and running a local uh, butcher shop and grocery store in Valdosta, it kind of opened up this whole other world that um, we could travel the world and we could start at the butcher and we could start with the ingredient. And then I'm not bound just by live fire grilling or barbecuing. We could do everything from grilled, barbecued, roasted, raw, and fried. Um, And really I think what's cool about this work is it it is about the butcher. Um, There's some techniques certainly in there just for the folks that are maybe looking for a primer at home, but the, the idea of butchering goes beyond just meat. You know, we include game, we include uh, seafood and, and there's, believe it or not, the idea of vegetable butchering too. So for folks that are looking for really great stories and kind of a catch all cookbook um, from desserts to salads, to meats, to mains, that was the intent. And certainly you meet some really great characters and, and travel the world at the same time.
0: Yeah. God, that
2: had to be fun. And
0: you know, I, I have a couple of, inspiration-based meetings with butchers. And but we're going to talk about the book in detail. But I, just to share with you and my listeners, my dad and I, when I lived in England and he was there on a visit, we had Jacques the Butcher in our little teeny town. It had one pub, a little teeny kind of dry goods store that had canned food and and that kind of stuff, and, and then we had a butcher. And the shop was small, and it only had that one guy, Jacques, and going in there was an adventure and everything was fresh. I mean in some cases back before halal was known to everybody, most of the stuff in the butcher shop was halal butcher you know you know what that is everybody knows what that is and sure oh my goodness we, we just and he taught me so much about different cuts ah oh, you don't want that it's not that good today don't get the the strip loin let's talk about some other cuts of meat that you can play with and he loved the fact that uh that i was an avid griller and then here in kansas we are so lucky that we had uh sig everhart was uh, a, a butcher at a great grocery store uh more than a grocery store it was a luxury grocery store and he taught me so much and he's so lucky that after he passed his son uh continues the everhart legacy uh, right here in town and with a butcher shop that is, uh, is extremely good. Um, when you meet these butchers, I guess what's a better way to start is when we talk about the book, uh, it's really butcher on the block is, uh, it, it's more about the butchers than what they're cutting. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, it's the first
2: line of the book, um, you know, this is not a book about butchering per se. It It is about the butcher. And I'm really glad that you brought up, um, you know, your connections. Obviously, my, my grandfather was a butcher. Um, but in my travels or just talking to folks when I was, you know, just discussing something that I've been working on for the past three years, the commonality was always, oh, wow, like my father was a butcher um, and my grandfather, my uncle, or there was a neighbor, or I have this beautiful memory at this, uh, this time in my life. And, you know, it is about uh, the people and the community and, and also just this idea of giving. You know, like the, the butcher shop is one of those few places that you're going into that you're kind of expecting to, to receive service, you know, from uh, the, the advice that they're giving you on what looks great today uh, or cut it for me this way or tie it this way or I only need this much. And then the big question that always goes to the butcher is, well, well what do you do with this?
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: we just kind of have this experience that we expect that the butcher is going to be. Someone who's continuously giving, and that's really the, the mantra that I caught throughout all of my travels is that this is a trade. It's been documented through cookbooks, texts, through you know thousands of years of, of mastering. And it wasn't my space to be writing um, a book on how to properly uh, butcher a, a whole animal. Rather, it was going to the people that do that on a daily basis and, and sharing their background, sharing their stories, some tips and techniques some butchering at home, but more importantly some of the recipes that inspired our travels uh, beyond just the, the stories behind the folks. And and I mentioned that too, that the landscape is changing dramatically from, from an uncle or brother or father now to a, a mother or an aunt. You know, so I'm really proud to to showcase the diversity in the trade um, that we're seeing, you know, across not only just just form, mentioning kind of meat and game and, and vegetable too, but also, you know, the folks that are, are participating on a daily basis as well.
0: Well, you know, I, I think the best thing – most people today, if you ask where they get their meat, they get it at the grocery store. It comes in a styrofoam tray with cellophane topping, and, uh, and that's yeah. meat. And, and that's okay. You know, you, you, you get what you pay for, and, and it's good. That's mostly what we eat. But it's so much fun to go where in the back somebody's dressing uh, half, a, half a cow you know, and, and, sure. and breaking it down. And, and you can see, and then then they tell you, yeah, not all that, but we're going to age it before we put it out there uh, <laughs> in the rack. And, and 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 that's where this book has to be a winner. Uh, it's just come out now. What, the scheduled publication date is when? It's uh, just in a couple of days, so May 9th. Yeah. Oh, see, that's perfect. Um, I just think – you said that it, it, it's about the stories and the butchers, and it is. But you do have a section in the beginning, butchering primer. And what most of us do, whether no matter where you buy your meat product, it's usually mostly ready to cook. But there's simple things like you people are, go to Costco and they see these big, whole, beautiful uh, fish, you know, a salmon, whole skin on body, just gutted, or even tilapia. And they go, what am I going to do with that whole fish? Well, our Asian friends, they know what to do with it. Sometimes they cook it just like that. But just the idea of how you fillet a fish, how you the best ways to cut a chicken, a whole chicken, uh, and you can save money by doing your own uh, in-kitchen butchering, if you want to call it that. uh, uh, Pretty cool. What would you think? I have my idea. When I look at butchering primer... uh, what is the most important thing for someone who's going to be cutting meat, even if it's something that's prepared, uh, to have at hand when they get ready to do this? <laughs> well, overwhelmingly, a, a good sharp knife,
2: right? Oh God. I think it's the uh, it's it's the right hand, uh, but I think you also mentioned just the preparation, right? Just the idea of being prepared. Um, a lot of times we don't think about um, the home environment and and keeping things clean and and at bay. So I think the the butchering primer for me, yeah, I'm writing a book that's celebrating the butcher. The the last thing I'm trying to do is put the butchers out of business by by telling you to buy these cuts <laughs> and and do it at home. Um, but there are certain aspects that I think are part of every home cook's repertoire, and so we do cover the idea of breaking down a whole chicken. Um, You know, I can tell you many a times where I've seen people that go buy whole beef tenderloins, especially around the holidays, and they don't know how to trim them. So that was a feature for me. Um, The whole fish, you know, being able to fillet and skin and those types of things. And then also just a a beautiful uh, rack of kind of a pork chop style that we we go through the Frenching process. And, you know, to go back to what you mentioned earlier, for me, it is trying to cover a broad landscape of, of where people might source their foods. So when I when I did the feature on uh, a butchering primer at home, we feature some real deal friends of mine at Porter Road Butcher in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and they are kind of a vertically integrated butcher shop where they're starting with their own farms, their own processing, their own dry aging, and eventually their own butcher shops and, and mail order business as well. Um, but to go back to the old supermarket, you know, just down the street from me on a Saturday morning with my kids, you know, saying, Daddy, I'm hungry. Uh, I've got a gentleman there, Mr. Tommy, and uh, he's featured in the book as well. And I think it's important that, you know, we're not always able to go to uh, certain places to procure items. And just because there are some massive organizations like the supermarket, uh, which, quite frankly, kind of came along and put my grandfather out of business, it doesn't take away from the fact that there's some really great people that are working there Um, and being able to strike up those friendships and, and, and kind of glean from that. It's something I certainly wanted to showcase because it is part of my everyday life, and I think it represents uh, what we are all doing, you know, when we're going out and and sourcing ingredients.
0: Yeah, well said. And uh, I know that for me, I'd like to know a little bit about where the product came from, and and your butcher at your Dylan's grocery store here in Kansas can tell you that. And and more importantly, uh, offer suggestions on different ways to cut it and different ways that he can cut it for you. And you don't have to restrict yourself to just those styrofoam containers with pre-sliced pork chops, for example. If you like them thinner or thicker, you want double bones so you can use the Frenching skills that you learned and butcher on the block. Uh, you know, it's there for the asking, and, and they like it. I, I I think there's not one person behind the counter, even some of the new kids that are there learning the business, and, and, and really uh, they're primarily there to – pick things out of the, the butcher rack and, and wrap them up for you and weigh them and put a price tag on it. A lot of them, especially the ones that I've asked, my wife oftentimes buys a whole chicken and just save the time of me cutting it up, which I don't mind doing. She'll ask them, can you cut it up? And, uh, and, sure. and these kids are doing a great job and they're learning a, a, a skill that's important. Um, when you when you do this, uh, I think one of the most interesting aspects of the book has to be the idea of uh, how do you fix that cut of meat, you know, or, and, and <laughs> the alternatives. And I assume that's where most of these recipes came from.
2: Yeah, you know, so the book is really divided in three sections, uh, starting with the butchering primer with the ideas of, of certain things that I think you should have in your repertoire and you can do at home and it can just further extend – um, you know, your knowledge and, and like the whole chicken piece, you mentioned it perfectly. Like a lot of these folks are, are, are willing to do that work because it gives them the hands-on experience. And no matter what I, I, I glean from my travels, experience was always the number one portion of, of how this trade has continued to be able to foster. Certainly you can sit down and read a textbook or um, look at diagrams, but at the end of the day, it's that hands-on experience that I think is so meaningful. So, you know, asking your butcher maybe to do a little bit of that work, um, is it, something they're actually typically wanting to be able to give to others. Um, from there, we, we we get into the the actual butchers themselves. And as I mentioned, uh, we traveled probably over 20,000 miles over the course of a year um, during the middle of the pandemic uh, to bring this book to life. Wow. And so you're going to get these beautiful vignettes and stories. Um, as, as kind of time and place. You know, we talk about flying. It's kind of sitting in the right seat and just sort of a, observing that, and so I have a big responsibility of, of, you know, showcasing kind of a life story, a life work, um, but also a bit of the date and, and time. It's it's a it's a Saturday morning coffee read that I want you to be able to say, hey, look, I came across this person from Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Never heard of the restaurant or the restaurant tour, but these recipes look fantastic. Um, and I also want it to be a, like a, a weeknight friendly book that you can turn to and make something in under 30 minutes. So those butchering profiles are, are where we're going out on the road and we're, we're picking up stories and recipes and techniques or ingredients that are, are particularly indicative to the butchers in places that we, that we sought out. And then we, of course, round out the book um, with about another 75 recipes that come from my own kitchen. Um, so I'm sharing, you know, family recipes um, like a posthumous feature on my, my grandfather, along with recipes that I'm using every single day to, to cook for my kids and for my wife. And then there is some of a a slant to to some of the ideas. Um, We pick up some new ideas in in both barbecuing and grilling, but also some different ways of maybe cutting meats, um, particularly, or vegetables, um, just to kind of play up that kind of butchering angle. So one of my favorites, uh, it's a bit on the nose, but a, a grilled corn rib where you're actually taking, you know, grilled corn that everybody loves throughout the summer. Um, I've had many experiences where I don't have a good charcoal grill on a stable footing and the and the co- cob runs off the grill uh, <laughs> if you're camping or fishing or something like that. So instead, you actually cut the cob, you know, carefully. You, you take the end and, and you stand it up and you cut it into quarters. And so it creates kind of this rib, right, where you can just kind of bite it off and you can stretch one cob because we all know the kids that pick up the whole cob and only eat half of it. Uh, so the ribs are kind of a cool technique of getting more char and more flavor. You know, doing shrimp on the half shell, these types of things, they they pop up throughout the book um, on some techniques that you can do to maybe modify your ingredients and just kind of have a new fun twist um, on a classic that you might enjoy.
0: I love it. we got to take a break and pay some bills, but if you'll stay right there, we'll come back in a very brief period. And I got got another question from the front of the book. We'll talk about a little bit of dry aging and wet aging and what, what the difference is. And you've got a section in the beginning part that I think is important. Uh, my guest today, you've heard him before, Matt Moore. If you don't have any of Matt's books, where have you been? Uh, you can find Matt Moore at mattmoore.com. Good picture, and you can learn a bunch of different things. You can look at all the books he's done, and oh my goodness, we talked about some of these. But uh, I, I think this book will be tied for for one of my favorites. Uh, but serial Griller, South Best Butts, and more importantly, if you're... Uh, you know, uh, a, a young uh, man who just graduated from college and you're looking to impress a girl, have her over for dinner is a great way to start. and The Southern Gentleman's Cook Kitchen, too, rounds out the lineup that Matt's put together. Quick break. We'll come back more. And see, I used your name. And uh, we'll come back and talk more to Matt Moore about Butcher on the Block. Don't go away.